On today's episode of the Final Third Podcast, we talk about our trip to Chicago, going to see a bunch of soccer games there. We talk about England finally taking it home, and also a bunch of Super Cups from around the world, including the one in England. A certain Holland miss is definitely a highlight of this show, so definitely stick around for it all. And all of that and more on today's episode, leave a review if you like the show if you like what we're talking about it's a huge huge help for us to gauge how we're doing and we've had a lot of new listeners so we'll definitely appreciate the feedback there all right enjoy the show hello everybody welcome back to the final third podcast my name is aj tabura i'm a fan of minnesota united which whatever uh west ham united and the u.s national teams i'm joined in sunny chicago illinois by my co-host jack jack how are you doing uh doing good i mean i'm a fan of minnesota united and we definitely did watch a game in while stuck in chicago traffic yes we did um it, it was there were highs and lows such as life i suppose yes yeah, exactly yeah. jack uh, we're currently not where we usually are i mean we usually right. record this on zoom but we are currently not only face to face but we're in a, a house that i have uh, never been in until now. Yeah. And I'm also in a city that I very rarely am in. Yeah. So, Jack, where where are we? What are we doing here? I'm, I'm so scared. I'm so scared. <laughs> we're in Chicago. And yes, we are. Yeah, we the are. reason why we're here has already happened. Yeah. Because we went to the Chicago Fire and Chicago Red Stars doubleheader, which uh, did not produce a win by either team. Yeah. We'll talk cool. about that. Uh, and also, we went to a minor league baseball game for the Kane County Cougars. Uh, not a win there either. Yeah. Uh, not, instead, the Milkman won. Yeah, That's, the Milwaukee Milkman, which is I'm, I'm honestly always, a sick name. I've always been a big fan of minor league baseball team names because I, I feel like they just don't really care. Like there's there's no reason why they should have any ounce of professionalism. So like you have like the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp or whatever and the the South Carolina Bananas or Greenville Bananas, whatever the, the, that one team, Savannah Bananas, right? That's it, better. It, yeah, it that, rhymes. That, it rhymes. That works yeah. better, yeah. And you had the Milwaukee Milkman and the Kane County Cougars. We came down to visit a friend of the podcast, Gianna, uh, from the Women's Sports Matter podcast, podcast network at this point. So mm. it's really cool to meet them and see what they did behind the scenes. I guess we'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, but Jack, we were active on Twitter for a variety of different games, different activities. On while, different accounts. On different accounts on this trip to Chicago. So where can people find us on Twitter on Twitter at final third show. We post there quite a bit posted some uh, some pictures from the games that we were at uh, and some cool stuff on there. So if you're interested in following along on this trip, I guess, or living vicariously through it. Right. If you wanted to, uh, I don't know, maybe some people haven't gone to Chicago before and they wanted to see what it's like. You know, just give us a follow on at on Twitter at final third show. Yeah, for sure. Do that. Also, final third show dot com for any of your needs that you need from the podcast any social media links any links to other streaming platforms you can find that on there also down in the description of of this podcast episode and on our twitter you'll find the link to our fantasy league we're starting that again for the fantasy premier league on the way over jack actually drafted his team i already i have been working on it for uh, a little over a week whenever i'm bored at work or not doing anything uh, and I'll tell you guys, you guys have a great chance of beating Jack. Hey, so my team is great. His team is good. It, it's good. It's, it's good. Great. Well, we, we we talk through it. And it's a good team. It's a good team. It's great. 
It's but great. I can't wait to beat Jack by like 300 points again. In before all your uh, all your expensive players get injured, bro. Uh, uh, that did not happen last year, and it was fine. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, okay, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I didn't make the mistake of not having Salah the first week. Now, yes, yes. That's that's what really hurt me because for the first four or five weeks, I didn't have Salah. Yeah. And then it was too far behind to catch up. So. Jack, do you have Erling Holland on your team? No. And is that going to be an issue? No. Ooh, we'll talk about that. Not. Maybe not. Maybe not. It's not going to be an issue. But maybe. I don't know. I don't no. know. I, I'm not a psychic. Not yet, at least. I still have to complete my training. Uh, okay. But Jack, let's get into some of the news stories because this is our Monday episode. We talk about everything on and off the pitch, the field, whatever you want in soccer or football, whatever you want to call it. And so we have quite the jam-packed week because competitive games are finally starting in for the club games finals are wrapping up for some international games we still got transfers and of course we've had this trip so jack let's first talk about this trip to chicago because mm-hmm. it's been kind of a, a fun ride uh i like going to soccer games especially mm-hmm. you know in stadiums that we have not been in and so we decided you know we have this is the last summer that will be in undergrad at least going to college so why don't we take a a short trip to go somewhere relatively nearby you know we don't have to pay for lodging jack has family here uh in the chicagoland area pay for gas gas is going down so it was fine for the most part yeah we still have the trip back i guess we'll see how that goes and so it's been really fun and I've been uh, doing the bulk of the driving, which has been fine because I, I realized that cruise control is a, a really great thing once I, I figured it out. Once you figured it out on the way down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just on, on the road, just like trying to like, why isn't this working? Just touching my steering wheel. But st- stop by the world's biggest culvers. What do you think about that, Jack? It, it was big. It was also slow. It, it, it was slow because <laughs> it was big. Yes, but it was good. It was, it was still a culvers. Yeah. I mean, when you're in Sconce, kind of where you have to go right I feel yeah. Like, yeah always there's no other choice yeah but live love culvers it was a long drive though especially when we're stuck in Chicago traffic. Armitage Avenue doesn't exist yeah. at afternoon apparently yeah. it doesn't yeah because Google Maps tried to get us to go into the expressway and obviously like the expressway is only one direction once whether it's the morning or the afternoon and google maps didn't take account of that so we thought we'd be getting there at 3 30 when the chicago fire atlantic united game kicked off at four we ended up getting there right at four and had to miss the first five minutes of the chicago fire game which wasn't that big of a deal i'll be honest so got to see some good play from them yeah the highlights were the defensive actions from new chelsea player Gabriel Salinia. Yeah, Gabriel Salinia. Really cool. We got really good seats like on the near the corner flags, uh, kind of near the pitch. Sheridan Shakiri was right there. Yeah, he was. Yeah, short, short and all. Short and all. We we saw him. Uh, we we saw a Salinia. We saw some Joseph Martinez for mm-hmm. Atlanta United as well. Like it, it was a really cool experience to see uh, another stadium because we're used to Allianz Field. Uh, I've gone to. Is it CenturyLink now? What's it called? Yeah, CenturyLink Field, right? Okay. Or, or is it... No, it's something Lu- different. Lu- Lumen? Lumen Field, yeah. Lumen in in Field. Seattle when, when they played uh, Club Leon in the Champions League. Uh, but this is the first time I've been into Chicago to watch a soccer game. And it was really cool. Like, uh, it was since it was a doubleheader and it was good weather and also Lollapalooza was happening, there were... It was a really good audience. I think it was like north of like 20... 23,000 23, over 23,000 was the official attendance yeah, like like jack mentioned like the the lower uh half of the the bowl entirely full yeah it entirely like. full because like, it was a really good atmosphere despite that the fact that it ended up being 
zero to zero because Shakiri should have been one to zero. Shakiri scored a goal, and according to some that we were with, that was that actually saw the replay. It was offside. At least that's how it was called when they went to VAR. But I, I still have not seen a replay. It, it's still uh, it looks like he's offside, but it's after they kick the ball. Like they didn't use. It looks like they didn't even use the right frame for it. Like. It feels off. I don't know. I feel like we got robbed of a shirt on Shakiri greatness. I, I, I wanted to see it. I wanted to see it. Uh, but yeah, we also saw the Red Stars play uh, the San Diego Wave, who before uh, the game happened, they were second and third, uh, respectively. And mm-hmm. it was a pretty good experience, especially because we actually got to sit by Gianna of the Women's Sports Matter podcast uh, while the game was happening. And they for sure gave us an earful about what they thought and we even got to live tweet from their accounts for the second half of the game i, I was in charge of you know making sure that, that we knew like all the players names like all the stats jack was doing the tweeting we took it very professionally yes and it was it was a fun time it was uh we did we didn't get to see the red stars win no but we did get to see 17 year old Jaden shaw get her first goal on her f- debut wow. in the nwsl uh very cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we also got to see Abby Dell Kemper get sent off. That and we got to see Mal Pugh miss a penalty after being selfish for the entire yeah. game. A, a lot of a lot of running and losing the ball are passing into nowhere from Mallory Pugh. I, I, I guess I, I guess that was the main takeaway for the Red Stars game. Is like, you know, despite being a, a player up, Red Stars just could not capitalize on any chances that they were creating. For the Fire and the Atlanta United game, I just thought it was a very poor match from both teams. It was still very entertaining, but it, there weren't a lot of like threatening moments where I was like, they really threw those chances away in a way that like really could have separated the two teams. Like it was, you know, these two teams are at the bottom of the league, unlike the NWSL game that we saw. So, you know, it is, it was what it was. Uh, that being said, seeing like Pew and uh, Doll Kemper and Nahir and Alex Morgan, of course. There, there's a, there's a, this little girl behind us who uh, was an Alex Morgan fan. There's a lot of like people that were just just there to see just Alex there Morgan. to see Alex Morgan, which is you know fair. She's she's a legend. But whenever Alex was like uh, visible or like, had the ball, she'd just go go Alex. And it was it was a very cute moment. Uh, and of course, Naomi Gurma. Who got that dog in her, Jack? Like she's she's a great defender. Should be winning a rookie of the rookie year. of the year. It's not even close. Yeah, it's not even close. Uh, she her positioning was amazing, legitimately perfect. Every single time you thought a Red Stars player was going to make an attack, she was just there. Yeah, it, it was really incredible to see it live. Yeah, it was really really cool, and yeah, it was a fun time. Uh, beyond that, we, we have also. Done some other things here. We obviously watched Minnesota United draw four to four, especially because we were stuck in like stop and go traffic on the way to Chicago. So we were able to actually watch the game and see us go down a goal in the fastest goal scored in this season of MLS in 13 seconds. Mm-hmm. Storm back three unanswered goals in the first half to go three to one and then give up three goals, three fast goals. And then, and then score another one. Score another one. In in the funny number minute. So it's good. Yes. Yeah. 69th minute. Luis Amaria. Yeah. He, he's he been doing very good lately. He has mm-hmm. been. Yeah. Two two goals, I think it was in this yeah. game. Two goals and an assist, I think he, he ended up with. So I believe so. Uh, hey, that's that's 
pretty solid stuff. I, I, I'd, I'd take, I, I'm, I'm happy that he had a good performance. Also happy that Lanwane scored his first goal in Allianz field. Yeah. That was cool. He's on, he's on a roll. I think he's coming into his own. I switched the, the, the defense and honestly, I, I, Ariaga came back from injury and he didn't seem 100%. No, he didn't, he didn't seem ready yet. Um, I, I, w- I wish we had put in Rosales to start yeah, in there Rosales. because I really rate him highly. Rosales has always been uh, a good up-and-comer performer. And I, I wish we would have seen him. Uh, I wish we would have seen the Kane County Coolers win, which is an independent baseball team that, that we just— We actually, saw them get two double plays. Yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah, that, that was fun. We, we saw some good home runs. and It was a good experience. The first hit we saw was a home run yeah. from them. Uh, minor league baseball and you know minor league soccer in, in addition has always been like a very fun thing to go out and watch and you know we even got to see uh, the production studio of uh, the Kane County Cougars we got to go behind the scenes and uh, get a look seeing how the TV production works on in, in baseball so good experience altogether uh, we still have a couple more days here in Chicago gonna get some pizza gonna get some uh, Filipino fast food which is here in Chicago and of course, see the bean, see the bean, of course, and get some Legos for you. And yeah. also, tomorrow uh, is like, or when this comes out, it's Lego day, which means a hundred, over a hundred new sets get released. Yes. And those of you who know me outside of just the podcast, I collect a lot of Legos. So this is a dream. All it's right. a dream day. <laughs> yeah. So keep it, keep in mind that uh, we'll be tweeting all this stuff. So at final third show on Twitter, Jack, we usually do our hot takes somewhere at the early, the, early of the episode but since we're already 13 minutes in let's go into uh the main story of this uh, of this weekend which happened just a couple hours ago and that is the euros it came home in 2022 it came home finally yeah a-, a year after it failed to come home the women's team of england the lionesses have taken football back home by beating germany two to one in the same stadium where England lost last year as yes. well. The Euro finals of 2022. What a match, Jack. Uh, you predicted England would win along with Gianna in our last Thursday episode, correct? Yes, I did. Reluctantly. Right. Uh, thought that it would go to extra time. But because of England's bench, uh, I thought they would come through. And Jack, you were... Pretty much on the dot, too. Yeah. Uh, I will say that Gianna had it more on the dot than I did. They said, you know, it would go to extra time, that England would score first, Germany would score after, and then England would score in extra, extra time. time. So they had it They had it more on the spot than I did. So awesome. fair credit to Gianna. But I, I agreed, so I, I guess I'll take some credit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll give it to you. We'll give it to you. Okay. I am very, very happy uh, that... You guys were correct, and I'm also very impressed by how this entire tournament has gone. I can safely say that I've been wrong on many occasions, one for underestimating both these teams that ended up in the finals. I thought England were a contender, but I thought like some of the other teams just had the talent. And I then, believed in England for yeah. throughout the whole thing. Yeah, it's just, to be fair, the, the, some of the teams that I did believe in, like France and, uh, and uh, Sweden. Sweden, and, and Sweden, the Netherlands. Yeah. Sweden and the Netherlands, I felt like they underperformed. Spain and France, there's some injuries uh, there as well. Uh, but England and Germany, I did not believe in England as much as Jack. And Germany, it was impressed, I think, both of us, right? Mm-hmm. For sure. Germany did great to get here. Uh, and 
last episode, I talked about the reason Germany is here. You couldn't Scott, you couldn't stop the pop, right. Alex Pop. Um, unfortunately, injury did stop the pop. And yeah. before this game even happened, yes. during warmups, Pop had some muscular issues and had to get uh, pre-substituted out. You know, had to get replaced in that starting lineup. And mm-hmm. Pop, who along with Beth Mead of England, led the Golden Boot race coming into the final with six goals each. That, that, that was a huge hit for Germany, and I think that's I, I, obviously, obviously, that's part of the reason why they failed to win here, because Pop scored in every, every game. single game of this tournament. Plus, he obviously got a brace in the semifinal, uh, and that, 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 was, that was such a, a heartbreaking loss, and I, I feel like I'm sure it was still a fun match to watch, especially as we were, you know, going to the game, uh, King County Cougars game, while we were there, we were watching it very intently. I felt like it could have been even better if Pop was playing it, and maybe would have been closer towards the end. But despite that, still awesome. Uh, we had Ella Toon scoring after a pretty, pretty even first half. Uh, the, the, both sides had uh, their chances, had uh, breakaways, but. Nothing was really, you know, standing in the way uh, or st- or causing them to break away from each other, and it's pretty dead set, really. Until Elatune did break away because yes. Kira Walsh fed a ball over the top. Uh, Elatune breaks through the center backs of Germany, and just the goalkeeper comes out. She just lifts it over Froms and good ship goal. Yeah, really, really, really good goal, and. They take the lead uh, in the 62nd minute. And uh, about 13 minutes after that, we got to the stadium. So we had turned it off for a little bit. Uh-huh. And that was the worst time we could have turned it off, wasn't it now? Yeah, because not only did Beth Mead, who is, again, w- one of the standout players, standout yeah. players for England, was the Golden Boot winner, uh, went on to win a player of the tournament as well, got subbed off uh, for Chloe Kelly and... 79 minutes you know uh into the match lena mcgull of germany equalized off of a, a tabea wasmuth assist and great goal as well great, great goal it like a uh, kind of maneuvered her way in between the england uh center backs to find space and kind of olivier Giroud positioning if, yeah. I, if i had to compare it to my favorite player okay. of all time. <laughs> every day with this but yes yeah absolutely like well, it was able to uh, evade the the center backs it, it looked like uh got into like their blind spots and was able to uh, uh, poke it past England's goalkeeper, Earps, Earps, Mary Earps, Mary yeah, Earps, who was fantastic this game, by the yeah, way. Yeah, v- very uh, much so. We forgot to mention in the 25th minute, uh-huh. uh, there was a scramble in the box and miraculously, like seriously, the, the commentators were just incensed. Like, how did it not go in? Mm-hmm. Mary Earps came up with a massive save yeah. there. Uh, I wouldn't have been opposed to calling her uh, player of the final. Mm-hmm. I thought she was very good. It, that eventually went to Kira Walsh, I believe. So still very deserved for that yeah. beautiful assist. But I wouldn't have been mad if they had given it to uh, Mary Earps as well. Yes. Uh, speaking of which and players that made a big deal, Chloe Kelly. After extra time, after uh, both teams had even more chances, was able to break the deadlock in the 110th minute jack this was this was quite the moment for someone who previous to this had not scored an international goal 
and now they did it in the final in extra time mm-hmm. this was quite quite the moment i mean uh i what, what else can you say like uh, kelly pokes in the loose ball and yep she wins the header she wins yeah. she wins the header it goes to the goalkeeper froms uncharacteristically i would say spills it because froms has been very good this whole tournament mm-hmm. she spills it and uh you know, Chloe Kelly just reacts quick. Yeah. Instinctive finish and pokes it in. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it was great. Yeah. I, I mean, this was this was a, a crazy moment. You know, r- rips her shirt off. Everyone's celebrating. You know, Wembley, 90,000 strong is losing their collective minds. And that's it. They win. And one of the things that I was honestly really impressed with was just the time wasting after the second goal like if you watch the last seven minutes there were there was no football being played they did the classic you know get the ball into the corner and just you know get throw-ins get corners over and over again so uh england really killed the game off after that uh and yeah england won the euro title for the first time in their history Ninety thousand in wembley millions on tv huge for the future of the sport Jack, what do you make of this final? Why did it happen? What does it mean? Your general thoughts, I guess. Well, I guess the the English uh, women's team is better than the English men's team. There's that. At, at closing off games, especially. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Sierra Wegman is better than Gareth Southgate, obviously. Uh, Mary Earps is better than Jordan Pickford. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we've learned a lot, and I think people are gaining an appreciation for this. Uh, especially in, you know, England where the women's game has been developing a lot more with, you can see it with FA women's super league games, how there's a little bit more attention paid to them, but a lot of times like Chelsea, they play at the training ground, uh, the, the women's team, they play at Kings Meadow, which can seat 4,000 people. Like they made it to a European final, the champions league final, and they were still playing in a 4,000 seat stadium. So I think that this is going to help raise the profile of of the game in England. And I think it's going to make them even stronger as we Mm -hmm. go into the future. It's kind of it's 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 good for England and for the future of the game there. And, you know, Germany hasn't had as big of a problem of developing it in some like, for example, Wolfsburg, the women's team, seven of the 11 starters in the uh, in the final for Germany are Wolfsburg players. Right. That's pretty impressive. Uh, they could use some more development around there, and I think also this run might help a little bit more as well, but we'll, we'll see. I think it, it has some good implications for the future of the sport, yeah. especially in England, but possibly in Germany as well. I, I'd say really all across the world, and we've seen the fact that this has changed the game and the perception of the game even here in america we have people who have been watching the the games previously been unimpressed with women's football be impressed by how you know when you have these good teams playing against each other the quality of football is there to see so many times you know there's been reports saying that you know men will never watch women's football because of the perceived lack of quality or or, or whatever First of all, everyone knows that BS is that that's BS unless you are someone who only watches like the Champions League finals and World Cup finals. Otherwise, why would you watch any other football? Because the perceived quality is lower. But beyond that, that is something that that obviously exists. 
But we're seeing strides in how normalized women's uh, football is and how people are viewing it. The fact that we can have this discussion, that we can have a discussion with other people and talk about, oh, England did this, Germany did this, and talk about it in the same level of respect as we do with men's sports. And this isn't just here in America. We see this in England. We see this in Germany. We see this across across Europe. We see this on social media, especially, that beyond the cesspools that are like certain social media pages, we see that people are talking about these games with the same level of normalization that comes with any other men's sports and that is something that is incredible to see especially in a country in england where football was banned until 1971 banned for 50 years and it was until the 90s where uh football in started getting organized organized in a way that maybe england can be a force in international football and to see a team that has been marred with this kind of disenfranchisement since the 70s since since actually since the 20s when they did the ban it's incredible to see how much fight they can get and you know credit to you mentioned her serena uh Wiegmann. is that how you pronounce it good i think so i think she's goaded and and you say like oh she's better than gareth southgate in terms of accolades she actually is you know she has won two euros in a row now originally with the netherlands and now with england two different teams and Jack, crazy stat, she is still undefeated as England manager, right? Yeah, Gareth Southgate can't say that. Yeah. So, I, I like the thing that I think separated England from the entirety of the rest of the pack is her ability to make good changes, and the the, the, the players have noted how tactically good she was. But for the past two games, the semifinal and the final, I, I've noted that like, hey, their their starting front four sometimes just wasn't good enough. And Jack, who were the two goal scorers for England? Substitutes. substitutes. Yep. Exactly. Right. She was, a, she was able to say like, oh, Frank Kirby, White, Ham, you know, me got injured. They're not really cutting it right now. So let's put in tune. Let's put in Alessia Russo. Let's put in Chloe Kelly. And what happened? The tides changed and suddenly England had a, a better game plan than Germany. And so they came out on top. In terms of Germany, Jack, I, I don't know how much you talked about germany's perceived weaknesses and how that could be exploited uh, i mean i think one of the main weaknesses was that you know they they didn't have the same depth as england so yeah. going to extra time benefited england more than it did germany so i i think that that's one of the main things that gianna and i had talked about on the thursday episode uh-huh. that the depth just wasn't as there. Their defense was good, but I mean, I, I'll give them fair credit. Their attack was great today because even without pop mm-hmm, seven shots on target. The reason why uh, England won is as much because of the depth attacking depth of the substitutes and those impacts, uh, the impacts they made. But it is as much a result of their good defensive mm-hmm. action and especially Mary Earps, who yes. Did fantastic. Millie Bright, I, I I I love her as well. She plays for Chelsea. Uh, Lucy Bronze, Leah Williamson, and uh, Rachel Dolly all held strong in mm-hmm. in the back. Like there were some really impressive uh, impressive defensive actions they made. Uh, so that that's the only reason they were able to keep it quiet. But I don't know what exactly clicked in Germany now at, at, from the semifinal to the final, where you know it felt like they were only scoring output was either a Huth assist or a pop goal 
where all of this other attacking output came from. But it, it's great. I I'm I was glad to see it because it made it way more entertaining. Yeah, the the, the one issue that I had with Germany uh, going in, and obviously I was on the podcast episode last Thursday to talk about it, was the fact that before then they had not given up a goal from another team so they scored the, the own goal uh last time around and so well, they conceded oh yeah france yeah own goal never mind my bad we yes. did talk about that yes yes so they scored the own goal but at no point did they really have to fight back and grab the win and i, I felt like th- that that may have hurt them a little bit especially after uh tune scored it seemed like england had a lot of the momentum and then once, obviously, the second goal happened, they, they couldn't make any inroads due to England's time wasting. And so, you know, despite that good attack, it seemed like it just wasn't really going to work out for them because of their inability to fight back and win and grab that win from the jaws of defeat. So, England, congratulations. It has come home. Uh, the World Cup is going to be very interesting because there's a lot of good European teams, a lot of good Asian, North American teams. So very interesting to see how that all turns out. Yeah. Go USA. Go Philippines. It's going to be there. Maybe I'll be there. I'm highly, highly thinking about uh, going to Australia to watch a, a Philippines versus maybe USA match. Maybe they're in the same group. group uh, that would be cool. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. But Jack, any last thoughts about England after I gave mine? <laughs> It came home, and there you, go. you know what? Two Chelsea players on that team are Euro champions. I, be- I believe it's only two on that team, unless I'm forgetting about someone, and I'd feel very bad if I did. But Millie Bright and uh, Fran Kirby, were there any West Ham players on the team, AJ? I, I, I'm be honest, I don't follow oh, West Ham wins enough to, to think Man. about that. I am a fake fan. Wow, wow. It doesn't support both sides of the game. It doesn't support. Very, very sad. Come on. You, you got you to... Gotta, you gotta get into it. The I, FA Women's. I, I'm. This is actually a message to everyone. Watch the FA Women's Super League. A lot of teams actually stream it uh, for free mm-hmm. on, on on like their apps. Also, Jessica Carter plays for Chelsea as well. Uh, almost forgot. Uh, but this is great. Oh, and Bethany England. How did I forget? Oh man, I feel. Oh, oh, Jack. Why don't you support both sides of the game? Oh no. And I support Miss Aurora, Jack. I was at the final. Where were you? I was on a plane. Exactly. Exactly. But unfortunately, no West Ham players. So I I Uh, guess I I don't know. Uh, Maybe West Ham should should get some some more good players. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Hey, that, that that you could say that about both sides of their team. I bet. So yeah. All right, Jack, now let's give some of our hot takes. We do our weekly hot takes where we just just give an opinion. And sometimes we back it up, sometimes we don't. So, Jack, what is your hot take of this week? Soccer-related or maybe not soccer-related. I don't know what opinions you have in your head. I have a lot of opinions that are non-soccer-related, but we're, we're going we're to talk about a soccer-related one, and that comes from the championship. Okay, EFL championship? Yeah, the EFL championship. And the reason... and. We, 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 it started up this past weekend. They start up a little bit early yeah. since they play 46 games. Uh, my hot take Millwall is going up. That's that's the one. Is this a bait? Is no, this, this a bait? isn't a bait. They're this going up, they're gonna go up because they won one game. Uh, it's not just that, it's that their transfers that they made have been good, have been very good. Jamie Shackleton and Charlie Cresswell, two younger talents from Leeds who have been very good. Charlie Cresswell, by the way. 
center back scored both of Millwall's goals. Uh, and they're top of the league right now. They also signed Benick Afobe, who was great for them. Uh, the last season scored 13 goals uh, and now is on a permanent deal. So he's going to be there uh, for this season. They signed George Honeyman from Hull City, who was great for Hull. Uh, really rate him really rate him highly he he scored five goals got four assists last season and in league one before that got four goals and 13 assists he he is a very very good player and getting him from a direct rival probably for promotion mm-hmm. because Hull are looking pretty good as well that's good business and the players that they lost yes they lost uh one player that's been very good for them which is jed wallace uh he went on to west brom assisted a goal in that game but they they also i feel like they've replaced him him enough and they've kept a lot of their core team together i i don't like millwall that much i don't but i've got to say that they look like they could challenge for promotion and i think they will go up and a second part of that hot take i think watford and norwich are going to stay in the championship i don't think they're primed to go up okay and it's not just because they lost their first two games. It's because Watford's transfer business this summer has been abysmal. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, they got Mario Gaspar and Ray Minaj. Or Minai, I guess. I don't, I, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's Albanian, so I feel like it's Minai. But, uh-huh. uh, but honestly, I don't see many of these other players making a massive impact. Uh, and then they lost Kiko Fermania. They, uh, they lost Adam Messina. They lost Josh Kane. Right. They lost uh, Cucho Hernandez. It it just it it just doesn't look good. They lost Andre Gray. Like they lost Musa Sissoko. It it just keeps getting worse and worse when you keep looking at every single transfer out. Uh, and Norwich as well uh, lost their best one of their best players from last season, which is Pierre Lise Malou. I don't think I don't think they're built to go back up right now. May, may Norwich could be could prove me wrong, but I don't think Watford will. I think they're stuck in the championship okay. for at least another season. Okay, Jack. I mean, those are fair fair predictions. I'm actually curious to see what the five thirty eight predictions are for uh, the championship. I'm gonna look it up real quick. I, I can I can look it up while you give your hot okay. take if you, if you want. Sure. Uh, my hot take. I, I have uh, two. One of them is smaller. Uh, number one, I think Weston McKenney is going to be fine. Uh, he dislocated his sh- a shoulder, and there's reports saying that he'd be out for three to four months. But I have some research. And okay. By research, I meant that some some uh, orthopedic doctor posted on uh, <laughs> on Reddit uh, his take on it, and it sounds pretty smart. And he actually used terms that not nobody else was using. And I was like, okay, maybe I shouldn't listen to just random people on a on a, a website. Maybe I should listen to someone who is actually a doctor. And he said, like, based on the fact that's his second dislocation and that, you know, this is not an emergency surgery, the most likely plan will be for rehab and back to playing in four to six weeks with a brace that limits abduction and external rotation to prevent recurrent instability with surgery in the offseason if he's recurrently unstable. Now, is that true? I don't know. Those are a lot of big words that I learned in first aid in my sophomore year of high school. So I'm going to say that Weston McKinney will be ready for the World Cup and he'll be fine. He'll just be in a cool brace and it'll be awesome. Hopefully. Yeah. My second hot take uh, is that NYCFC will have their own stadium by 2029. 
that's a pretty long time away. In but. 2028. Okay. In, 20, in six years' time, <laughs> okay. NYCFC okay. Stadium will be, a site will be chosen, a stadium will be passed, like, a, like a, a, the zoning for the stadium will be passed, it will be designed, it will be engineered, and it will be built, and the first game will be kicking off in 2028. Huh, that's weird. I, I, I just looked at my clock. Did we go back to 2014? Uh, did we? Did we? Because I feel like it, this has been said before, but I, it is a hot take, and that's fine. It's, not, it's a hot take, and it's backed up by the fact that Mayor Eric Adams is going to approve an NYCFC stadium in Queens, New York. Okay. In, in you know, the boroughs like they always wanted, but having their own stadium will be crucial for not only growing the game in New York, but giving some legitimacy to NYCFC, who, while they have you know won an MLS Cup championship, do not belong in Yankee Stadium at all. Essentially, with that tiny, tiny title banner up in the <laughs> where nobody else can see it, and you know, there's been some weird people who are like, "Oh, why? What, what's wrong with Yankee Stadium? Like, why can't they change this Yankee Stadium to be better for soccer?" Because it's Yankee Stadium. Yeah, because it's yeah, it, like like <laughs> like no no offense to NYCFC. But the main team there is the Yankees, and they, yeah. they deserve to be able to use that stadium how they want. Everyone hates the Yankees, but you can't deny that they're very good. Yeah, they're very good, and more importantly, even if they're bad, you know, even if yeah. it's a city field, the history the is this is, it, the yeah, history is still it's there. It's their stadium, right? And it's like why they're well, leasing it out. Yeah, right? it's like, it's why we got mad at the Chargers for like kind of ripping up the LA Galaxy stadium uh, back when when they shared stadiums. Like NYC should have their own stadium, and I'm saying. 2028 will be i'll be flying out to new york and enjoying a game in whatever it's going to be called qatar uh wait is that no city football no city's uae uae okay uh dubai air is that what's no dubai air is the the ted lasso uh, yeah airline right no i don't know uh but i believe in that wholeheartedly and i'll leave it at that also, the stats, 538 puts Watford as the favorite to go up, 44%. Mm-hmm. I disagree. Okay. Uh, Millwall, 10%. Which is ranked? Uh, they are ranked 1, 2, 3, 4, In fact, five, you have to six, count. Seven, eight. Eighth. Eighth? That's not, that's not bad. Not bad, that's but not bad also not. I, I, I think they're, they should be higher up there. I, th- I think they've, they've done well building right. a team. Jack. Uh, uh, and you, you should be happy because it means West Ham versus Millwall. Yeah, I mean, I, I would be happy, but also be. I mean, personally, I don't, I don't live there, so it's not like I, yeah. I truly care. Uh, if I was like a, a real like local West Ham fan, I just want to, I, I just want to see them play in a West Ham and get destroyed. That's all. That's all I want personally. That's fair. But I don't, I don't think they're going to do well in the Premier League if they get promoted. I think they'll do awful, but I think they will get there. Yes, the old Nottingham Forest. Ooh. Just kidding, oh, man. Season hasn't started yet. I'm gonna. That's more like Fulham. Yeah, we should write down all of our hot takes and see if they come true. Because true, we should. I can't wait to see how this prediction goes out. Anyways, let us talk about some Community Shield action because a lot of the Super Cups that have taken place, uh, you know, have already taken place. I should say. Uh, and, and the first one that we'll talk about, the main one we'll talk about, is the FA Community Shield between the FA Cup winner, Liverpool FC, and the Premier League winner, Manchester City. And 
yeah, it was a it was a tepid first half. We were listening to it on Foot Mob on the way to Chicago. It was broken up by a Trent Alexander Arnold deflection uh, that went into the back of the net off of Ake's yep. uh, a back. Was it head? Uh, head. Yeah, okay. it, was a, it was a pretty bad deflection. Yeah, I mean, did Ake mean it? I, 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 it I, looked like he was trying to clear it. But he just nestled it into the corner of the goal instead. <sighs> happens. Yeah. Happens to the best of us. Happens. Does it? Uh, does it happen to me? Because I, I don't really play soccer. No, neither do I. So. So. But I, we, we, we've seen some pretty bad own goals. Uh, but yeah, t- took a deflection and uh, found the back of the net. But outside of that, like it was a very, uh, it, it was a very like kind of rusty first half. Is I think what the commentators described it as. Uh, not a lot of like clear cut chances. There's obviously like a hint of, you know, preseason still. You know, we still have one more week. We're still making preparations, like final tweaks. Uh, I thought Adrian was pretty good. Uh, Klopp tends to use a, a backup goalkeeper as uh, the cup goalkeeper, and he, he saved, did make seven saves. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Also like, made the error that led to the city goal. But yeah, that's true. But he, he saved a, a Ma- Samaras and Holland chances at the end of the first half as well as the beginning of the second. And Jack, why don't you talk about that uh, mistake that he made to lead to the lone city goal? Yeah, well, he comes out to he he gets a save originally on a Julian Alvarez shot, I believe it is. Yes. And he comes to collect the ball. Julian Alvarez takes it over him uh-huh. and just taps it in and also shows again that Trent can't defend. Ah, fit it in. There we go. Can't defend. Worse than Reese James. That's my propaganda for the day. Uh, but. Yeah, he he uh, he he gets he gets lost. He and Julian Alvarez pokes it in for after only a few minutes of being on, I think, like 12 minutes. Yeah, 12 minutes after coming on, he he gets a goal that makes it even at the time. Yeah, it was just a debut goal. Very, very impressive. And Trent Alexander Arnold is a better player than Reese James. Had to uh, say that as well. Uh, I think it was a, a a good showing of what he can do, and you know, I think at this point it, it made sense that the game was equal. As I think at this point, Manchester City was growing back into the game and had a lot more chances than before when it was. It seemed like Liverpool was kind of more or less dominating prior to the Trent goal. Between then and Alvarez goal, we saw a lot more Manchester City chances that we had previously mentioned. Uh, and then later on in the game, I'm forgetting exactly which minute it was, uh, a little bit bit before uh, the, the 80th minute or so, uh, we had Diaz handling the ball in the box. And yeah, it, it ended up being a penalty kick. It was a, it was a Nunez header that was blocked and a Sala penalty kick. And he very rarely misses those. And it's two to one for Liverpool. And then uh, after that, Nunez wins it with a header goal from uh, Robertson, across from Robertson. And it, it is his first debut goal as well. So we had two debut goals from both sides. Could have been three, Jack. It could have been three players scoring <laughs> debut, the competitive debut goals. Except it wasn't. You know, it's, th- it's three to one uh, Liverpool going into the stoppage time and you know potentially you know it's always good to like make it close or at the very least try to make it equal perhaps if you're Manchester City at this point it may looks it looks like it could be you know 
out of your hands, especially because Nunez scored in the nine plus fourth minute. But you know, you have seven minutes of added time. You still have three more minutes. Maybe you could at least make it competitive. And Jack, what did a certain Norwegian player do? Uh, he made a mess of it. It was pretty bad. Um, he he went to go clear to to shoot the ball. It was a one on one with Adrian. Yeah, he had a chance straight over the bar into the atmosphere. It wasn't straight over. It hit the crossbar. It did. Okay, it made it look a lot worse though. But yeah. he he missed it. Um, and we we talked because we were watching this at the world's largest golfers when this happened. <laughs> that is uh, true. And uh, we talked about AJ predicted that his fantasy ownership rate would go down so before remember uh-huh. it was at 56.4 percent uh-huh. or 57 percent i believe yeah. do you want to guess what it's at now 52 percent close 51.1 percent wow. wow. it's dropped six percent a single miss shot from a single miss shot ownership that means that five percent of all of all six percent fpl six percent of all fpl owners decided to dump him because yeah. of that one miss. And it was a bad miss. It was it was a pretty bad miss, yeah, to it, be fair. It reached the top of r slash soccer. Adrian couldn't hold on to a Foden shot. And Holland uh, runs in. And it, it, like Adrian was on the ground. It was yeah. the, He had so much goal to aim for. I, I, I'm actually going to try to look for the XG. Or Jack, you can like look for the XG on yeah. that shot. Because it was it was actually... I just found it. It's a .54 XG. That is, that is an insane XG shot to not score. And, you know, very, very tough. Uh, I, I think, obviously, Liverpool win this. Good for them. I think the main takeaways, because it, it's hard to, like, really take it away. Anything it's it's a friendly with a trophy at the end. Yeah, like, exactly. It's like the Audi Cup for Spurs, basically, but with more history. More history, and it's actually a trophy that you can say that you won. Yeah, I guess, but... FA is in the beginning of the name. You ha- It's a Super right. Cup. You Hey, if you're not going to count this, you can't cup count the club world cup that chelsea won final count it and you can't come count the finalissimo or whatever it's called between uh, that's a major trophy that that was a major <laughs> yeah, trophy though that's yeah. not made up at all yeah uh but obviously with like a lot of like preseason or preseason s games you can look at the performances and i think i i can, I can say it like i think darwin Nunez is going to be fine I've, I've been saying this for a while a lot of people say that he's uh not going to do as well as uh other types of signings but i think he's not only did he get the the goal but obviously uh he drew the penalty so a good performance from him julian alvarez still very young i don't think he's going to uh be as important for his manchester city side especially because you know he's only 22 pep rotates a lot he'll get minutes but it's not like they're going to rely on him as heavily especially when they have the likes of mares and holland who can also fit into that uh central forward striker line uh yeah and holland I don't know if you disagree, Jack, but I, I think I think he's going to be fine. One miss is not going to define him, especially because he's way, way better than, you know, the Premier League usually is. He's going to be fine, but it's, funny, it's just funny. <laughs> it is. <sighs> it's it's like if Ronaldo missed like a like a shot from one yard away. Yeah. People would clown on him for months and I would be a part of that pe- yeah. that crowd of people because I clown on him now. So. You know, I, I think it's it'll, he'll be fine. Manchester City will operate his, or will update his operating system and he'll be off the mark yeah. before you know it. It's fine. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a I think I think he's going to be good. But Jack, I, I know we talk about this, but, you know, the two teams that faced off in this final, I, I think it's going to be a preview on 
what's going to be must-watch TV going into this season because I'm really excited to see not only these new signings like Alvarez or especially Diaz, uh, uh, Nunez, Mane's gone now, so that, that changes how Liverpool operates. And now you have Holland for a team that historically, not historically, in the past you know season or two, has not had like an out-out striker since uh, Aguero left. You know, now we're looking at a team that uh, two teams that are going to be very different, but still are probably going to be at the top of the Premier League. And mm-hmm. I even forgot like Gabriel Jesus and Raheem Sterling are out of City. So, in your mind, Jack, we're going to give our own pre- Premier League preview, but. Do you think that City still have the edge over Liverpool? Do you think yeah. Liverpool have what it takes to challenge? No. Okay. I don't. It was it was close at the end of last season. And would you say that Liverpool are didn't make as big of an improvement over City? If yeah, I, I, I think so. Really? I, I think that Nunez is, I don't think he's going to be bad, like you said. But he is a downgrade on Mane. I... I think he is. It's it's yet to see, but I, I don't think it's. I, I feel like and the, I I don't think that he's the one in one on one like replacement. I I think that's Luis Diaz. Yeah, but I still think Luis Diaz isn't as good as Mane. Either. That's still yet to be seen. Luis, Diaz, I don't. Know. I don't. I, I I feel like Mane is going to be difficult to beat for it. And meanwhile, on the other hand, uh, Erling Holland is an improvement on having no number nine. Like City beat Liverpool last year without having a out and out striker. I feel like they 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 plugged the one hole they really needed whereas Liverpool I still have questions over midfield depth at a lot of times cuz yes their midfield works well together but they also don't have the same depth that a lot of other teams like City have, right? So that's my that's my take. I think I think that Manchester City are still going to win the title. All right, all right. And well, we can call the Premier League a Farmers League and move on to more interesting leagues like Serie A. Let's yeah. go. All right, well, I, I, I will just say 538, the preseason rankings have given Liverpool a better chance than they did uh, in the, the, the last uh, season. Okay. So, I don't know. I don't know. But who's at the top? Who's at the top? Manchester City, yes, of course. In fact, <laughs> I, I think they got even improved odds. But... I don't know. You even said it before, like yesterday, like they lost Raheem Sterling, Gabriel Jesus. You know, those are big names to Mm -hmm. uh, get get rid of, especially to use your own words against you, Jack. Raheem Sterling under Pep Guardiola had scored the second most goals under Pep. First, obviously, being Messi. Mm -hmm. And you have to replace that. And you have to replace that with a player that Julian Alvarez, Julian Alvarez is not going to start every game. I don't know. Well, Phil Foden also is going to Phil Foden is a good player. Uh Uh-huh. Phil Foden is a good player. Erling Holland is a good player. Liverpool are a good team. Manchester City are a good team. I don't like saying Liverpool's a good team. Well, I will because I have no biases. Oh, come on. (laughs) You have biases. (laughs) I'm excited over Tottenham. I'm excited that Tottenham is going to be a good team. I'm and, not. And that is because I'm an American Premier League fan. And even though it's rivals, it's not like I grew up hating Tottenham. And I'm, I didn't either, but I still hate them anyway. I, I'm just someone who's very, like, narrative-driven. Like, I, I, like, I like watching good soccer and, and, and like, looking at, at fun storylines over anything else. Even if that means my own team suffer at the end. Like, to me, like, there's something, there's something great. There's something that the soccer gods wanted to happen. You no. know what I mean? I hate Tottenham. That's the end of the story. Okay. That's, okay. That, that's it. I also hate Harry Kane. But well, that, that, I feel like I've said that enough. Yes. Before. 
Jack, let's quickly go over some other Super Cups. We we listened to the German Super Cup as it happened yesterday. It ended up being 5-3 to three Bayern Munich. Do you want to walk us through uh, the goals that happened? You have to go too in-depth, but yeah. there's a lot that happened. That's, that's all I'm saying. That's- yeah. Uh, well, Bayern don't look like they've slowed down well with losing Lewandowski. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamal Musiala gets off the mark in the 14th minute, scores there. And then that's followed in by Sadio Mane, who scores in the 31st minute. New signing, definitely settling in well at Bayern Munich. Absolutely. Uh, and then one, a scorer of one of the best World Cup goals of all time, Benjamin Pavard. I, I'm, I'm still going to say it. It was very good. It was very good. Sure. Maybe not narratively as good, I guess, but it was very good. Uh, he scores in the 45th minute. And, you know, by this point, we're kind of thinking, you know, the Minnesota United game had started up. So we switched over to that thinking it's going to be all Bayern. It's all good. Then in the 59th minute, Marcel Halstenberg, assisted by Christopher Nkunku, gets his head on a ball and get and it goes on the back of the net. And Leipzig look like they finally have some life There's in them. There's a game. There's a yeah. game. But then Serge Gnabry scores in the 66th minute. And then we're like, OK, it's it, Bayern or Bayern again. It's fine. But then Nkunku. Pavard concedes a penalty and Nkunku converts it. And uh, it's a game again. It is. And Danny Olmo, who did either the most cheaty thing possible. Can we or, talk about that before we can yeah, talk about his goal? Yeah. What, 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 what minute was that? I, I have no idea. It was just on a TikTok clip and I didn't <laughs> see the actual minute mark on it. Yeah. But it, w- it was posted on there. And Danny Olmo goes over to the sideline, right? Like, he's about to kick it out for a throw-in. And he leaves it on the line. Uh-huh. And, and so a Bayern player, I didn't see exactly who, just goes over and is like, oh, it's a throw-in. It's yeah. a throw-in. It's great. He picks it up. The referee blows the whistle for a free kick because Danny Olmo didn't make it cross the line. Yeah. He left it there. So the Bayern player goes and picks it up. And it's a handball and they get and they get a kick, a free kick in a very dangerous, in a position. Very dangerous position. So either a 1000 IQ play. If if you're if you're an RB Leipzig fan, I'm not sure how many there are out there. It's a 1000 IQ play. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, the eight that founded the board that allows them to stay with the 50 plus one rule or whatever. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then you've got the uh, everyone else who's more. I, I feel like I'm more on the that feels kind of cheap. Oh, no, not me. I, well, I feel like it feels a I'm little also, cheap. I'm also the one that loves time wasting. I know. I hate time wasting. I hate stuff like I, this. I am, I am a, an angel of chaos. I told you this. I, I, if it's chaotic, I love it. And I can't wait to see, like, Diego. I think Diego Simeone would, like, latch onto this and be like, oh, we got we to gotta do this. Oh, if we're wasting, God. If we're Every athletic time, game. Oh, my God. Exactly. It's so ridiculous. I hate it. Like, I like, hate it. Like, who knows? Maybe this changes the game. Maybe we have, we have, oh. we have faux... Uh, a handball throw-ins now. That, that, that's that's interesting. That, that, that's no, beautiful. That's it's a, not. That's what makes soccer soccer. No, no, this is a dangerous precedent in my mind. I, I don't like it. I want more of it. I want more of it more often. I want more of it uh, in the next game, if possible. No, no, never again. I never want to see it again. Yeah, but but Daniel Omo not didn't just do that. He also scored. Yeah, and then it looked like a game, three to four, going into the ninetieth minute. And then in the 98th minute, Leroy Sané, assisted oh. by Alfonso Davies, the goats, shows that Bayern are still Bayern and yeah. Bayern do Bayern things and they win. Yeah. I mean, it's still super Bayern. Yeah. I, 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 Bayern are almost certainly going to win the league, probably going to be effectively wrapped up by January. If then, uh, 
but I, I do have some concerns over how they played. A lot of highline defending, a lot of throwing everything on the offense, which obviously when it came to RB Leipzig, they were able to uh, attack on that. I, I think that uh, Kimmich and Savitzer were also lacking on the defensive end. I think I, I watched over the, a lot of the, the goals that they conceded and a lot of the chances that they conceded. And I felt like most of them were conceded because they came from a lack of midfield control or uh, the two of them tracking back. And I, I think when you're looking at how they're going to play going into uh, the Bundesliga and more importantly in the Champions League, I don't think that you can really, you know, sacrifice that because you can blame Upa, Upa Oh God, Uba Makano a, a yeah. lot uh, because, you know, he didn't have the, the best of seasons last season he didn't have a great game this game but at the same time right it's not like he was the only reason why they weren't as super competitive last game uh and i i really do think that it's not necessarily the defense that's letting Bayern down it is that midfield and so whether it's the champions league or whether it's uh, maybe the Bundesliga, DFB, Pokal, I don't know. I think that we'll see some some cracks within Bayern's system, but I have also been saying that for the past five years, and it's not necessarily happened, so I'm pretty sure they'll be fine because they got enough there. We'll talk about RB Leipzig a little bit more, and maybe they'll be able to mount a bigger comeback uh, in terms of the Bundesliga title race with a, a certain player coming back to the Bundesliga and maybe being able to tear it up. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, but let's talk about some other uh, Super Cups very, very quickly, uh, starting with the French Super Cup, which happened between uh, Ligue 1 winners, PSG, and Copa de France winners, Nantes. And it was not exactly a, a very interesting game, uh, all things considered. It was a pretty heavy PSG win with Messi scoring in the 22nd minute. We had a Neymar brace, both from set pieces. Yeah, one in direct free kick as well. Yeah. Uh, in the in the forty fifth minute, eighty second minute, we got the penalty and Ramos in the fifty seventh minute. A lot of big name scoring for a four to zero win for PSG. And uh, uh, hey, that's Galtier's first competitive game. Yep. Hey, one and one is all I'm saying. You know, one hundred percent competitive. Best, game. One of the best managers in the world. Yeah, I'll stand by it. This reminds me of when Zidane had like uh, he had a crazy record where it's like. The, the it was like for every two games that he played like they won another trophy or something because they like won the champions league right away like the, the all of like the cups the league like club world cup all the super cups like yeah i'm sure galtier will do a great job with psg you yeah. you rate him highly i do i think he can kind of fix some of the issues that psg have uh because the attack has never been the problem yeah it's still been the defense and I think that he can, he knows how to organize a team's defense. I mean, he coached Lille as they mm -hmm. won the, the, the league uh, now two seasons ago. Wow, time flies by fast. Yeah. And, uh, and also coached uh, Nice the, this past season, who had an incredible defensive record. And, uh, I think about even with PSG, but PSG's downfall has always been their defense in Champions League games. Mm -hmm. They can't seem to close off games. I think Galtier can help them do that. All right. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if PSG make it to a final, a Champions right. League final. I, I do rate them really high. A little mini hot take of the week from Jack. Maybe there. a little bit, yeah. All right, I like that. I, I like that. I think they've got the personnel to do things. It, I think Galtier is, the, is the, finally the manager. Wow. I mean, do it. 
feel like I've been saying that about a lot of the managers that they yeah. brought in. Yeah. So fingers, fingers crossed if you're a PSG fan and fingers thoroughly uncrossed if you're <laughs> literally anybody else. Uh, another five to three final uh, Super Cup final was in the Dutch uh, final of the Super Cup. I guess it's you know, one game, so it's not really a final. Uh, but it was Ajax versus PSV, obviously historical, historical rivals in the Netherlands. And Jack, do you still want to run through these goals? Because there was there there were there were beer celebrations. There there, there was there was a crazy crazy amount of goals. Yes. Because first of all. First goal gets off the mark. Beautiful goal. Uh-huh. Steven Bergwijn. Yes. Who is back. I think he came from Ajax or did he come from PSV for from Tottenham? I, I can't quite remember. Jack, you can uh, rely on me to always pull up. It was it was young PSV to PSV Eindhoven. 149 uh, games with 31 goals and Ajax uh, uh, comes to Ajax. A, a little bit of a, a, a tre- treachery there, uh, but it was him scoring. And then we had th- uh, two goals uh, in the uh, in the one in the first half. Uh, actually, two. Yeah, two, two in the in first, the first half. half. A goose till is uh, that's definitely goose till. Goose yeah. till. Yeah, uh, he was the man of the match. Spoiler alert. Obviously, uh, yeah. but he he did great. He scored two goals, uh, and I can't remember the order of them. But the first one was the header uh-huh. that he that he uh, that he gets onto. Actually. What am I saying? They were both headers. It's just by the same person. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it was it was a great combo between the two of them. Two headers just gets over the the defense. I think Ajax's keeper could have done better on the first one. He could have done better on a he lot. He could have of done goals. better on a lot of goals. He his football rating is a two point seven. Uh, yeah. And also, I didn't realize this, but a goalkeeper I rated very highly, Walter Benitez, is at PSV now. Yeah. Uh, I, I put him as my honorable mention in the team of the season because he played for Nice. Uh, I did not realize he left on a free transfer, which is a bit strange, I think. But, you know, it, it was it was still it was it was impressive. But the goalkeeping errors uh, mm-hmm. were, were a bit much, maybe yeah. <laughs> for for maybe enough to give some goalkeepers nightmares. Mm-hmm. Uh, but halftime finishes up. And then in the 54th minute, Anthony scores. Yeah. Good, good player, good, good striker. Yeah. Uh, was the deputy to uh, Sebastian Allaire, who is currently fighting through cancer right now. Mm-hmm. So hoping the best for him and the Borussia Dortmund team who are supporting him. Uh, but yeah, he, he he drew it up, and then Jack, what happened after that? Uh, we thought we had a game, and we did. But PSV made it very clear that they weren't interested in having a game because Cody Gakpo, who assisted the two goals before, gets on the board himself. And then just four, th- four minutes later, assisted by Luke Dion, Barcelona, Barcelona legend, legend. Hill gets a hat trick. Uh, very, very, very good stuff. But Ajax aren't done yet. Mohamed Kudus gets on the board, making it 3-4 in the 72nd minute. This is crazy. And they think they've got it. They're ready to go. But then, Kelvin Bassey makes a pretty bad challenge. Gets a yellow card. Ref says VAR. Goes to the monitor, looks at it a little bit, and it's a red card. Yes. And uh, Bassey had, had only played about 14 minutes before he uh, got sent off. Awesome. Not a great performance from him. Uh, definitely going to wa- definitely going to look back and watch that footage with just head in hands for yeah. that. 
because, you know, Ajax could have done it, but in the end, in the 90 plus first minute, player that I also didn't realize had transferred to PSV. Apparently everyone's transferring to PSV. Yeah. Uh, Javi Simmons, a very young, uh, I, I believe he's from the Netherlands. Yes. Yes. Uh, 19 years old, played for PSG for two years. He scores to close off the game 5-3. to three. PSV Eindhoven take home the Super Cup over their rivals. Uh, and like you said, this is a pretty heated rivalry. In the past 10 years, they've played 29 times. Ajax have won 13. PSV before this won 9, and they drew 7. So PSV catching up a little bit to Ajax, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. Also interesting the fact that in the 88th minute, Jack, a certain Richie Ledesma yes. got subbed on. I feel like that's not a name that we really hear too often. I think he was fighting injuries for a couple, a couple of uh, months to years, uh, and so he got a couple the, of months to years. I mean, that is how that works, right? Yeah, <laughs> but uh, he was subbed on, and he was able to see out the the win there. Uh, so yeah, fun times in the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, not U.S. Open Cup. Actually, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm about to transition. In the, the Dutch US Super Cup, Cup but the also Cup, in the Open Cup. In the Cup. US Open Cup, because we had Orlando City dismantling New York Red Bulls. Uh, Poor to, Red Bulls, man. Yeah. Falling off. Yeah. Very, hey, very much so. Uh, so, Orlando City are going to be hosting uh, the US Open Cup final because this is the semifinal. But who's going to be there facing who's them? going to be there? A certain Sacramento Republic of the USL Championship for the first time since I think 2008. Yep, 2008. A non-MLS team has made it to the US Open Cup final. And the path that they had to go on to, you know, get to this Open Cup final uh, was pretty impressive. They, they had to be, you know, a, a bad sort of Kansas City team, but still an MLS team in terms of payroll, in terms of quality, is going to be higher than the USL uh, Championship. And it was a... It was, it was a Oh, a, a very very good match during a uh, uh, the the California State Fair. So you could see in the background they had a bunch of rides and everything. It was a packed stadium, but it was it it was quite quite the run for them as they beat other MLS teams like I'm actually blanking. LA Galaxy, LA Galaxy, That's and right. uh, San Jose. They dismantled sixty seven percent of California's MLS teams. They yes. they showed who the best uh, California based team is. I guess yeah, you could say absolutely. LAFC. Might be leading the Supporters' Shield race right now. Yeah. But guess who's better in the cup? Sacramento Republic. And yeah, it was very impressive from them. Uh, did go to penalties. Did go to penalties. And before that, though. Yeah. Uh, Danny Vitiello. Mm-hmm. Come on. What? Eight, eight shots on target from Sporting Kansas City. Yeah. Eight saves, including one in like the 89th minute. Right. To keep it going into extra time. Really impressive stuff. John John Polskamp as well for Sporting Kansas City played pretty well, uh, given that, you know, it was 0-0. Zero, zero, so. uh, but Sporting Kansas City's attack was all over, but Sacramento Republic knew how to play this game. They knew to, co- to sit back a little bit, defend, take some opportunities when they could, but at the end of the day, just try and keep it even, and that's exactly what they did. Yeah, and it went to penalties, and it was a crazy, crazy... Uh, uh, penalty shootout because th- there's a, there's one point where you know the, all, all the shots being taken whether it was like it was like I, th- I think it was a Johnny Russell had, had a very good uh, penalty mm-hmm. we had uh, some Sacramento players scoring uh, also very good penalties and then th- there's one 
SKC player that I'm completely blanking on uh, got his shot saved. Uh, in the penalty shootout? Mm-hmm. Graham Zusi. No, no, before that. Before oh, before that. that. No, no, no. He was the first one to miss. Uh... Yes and no, because there's there's a oh, wait, no, I know who you're talking about. There's the the shot that got saved, but it it turns out that uh, Vitiello was off his line. Yes. So they had it retaken and that SKC player uh, made it the second time and like celebrated, like like got a yellow card for his trouble. Felipe Hernandez would be uh, be Hernandez uh, did a backflip even. And then Jack, the one right (laughs) after that, a disrespect, a certain Malik Foster. Oh, my God. Decided not just to shoot the penalty, because we were going to do that anyways. Panenka. To tie the penalty shot. The biggest match that, that Sacramento Republic, up to this point, has played. Does a Panenka to score the penalty and afterwards? Complicated backflip, you know, to stop. Yeah, does he all, was, all the, it was crazy. All the flips. Does, does a little sleeping uh, celebration to uh, handguns and everything. No yellow card, yeah. I don't think. No, no yellow card. But all I'm saying is if that ended up differently, if the shootout result ended up differently, that would have been clipped to no end. Yeah. I but mean, it's still getting clipped for a different reason, but yeah. it would have been, it could have been real bad. But uh-huh. instead, Graham Zusi gets his shot saved. Yes. Uh, the veteran, I believe, 35 yeah, uh, years old. Uh, obviously, he's been around since... Uh, playing since 2009. <laughs> but uh, he misses. And Rodrigo Alvarez of Sacramento Republic... The captain, I believe. I, I believe you're right on that. I'm not... I don't know as much about Sacramento Republic, if I'm being 100% Ooh. honest. But I think you might be right on that. And he converts the penalty, wins the shootout. After, after the game, I saw on a Sporting Kansas City Twitter... Everyone is mad because apparently Peter Vermees does not like using youth players, which makes sense why he's such good friends with Adrian Heath. Oh, boy. So, yeah, um, Sporting Kansas City now really just have a bad season on their hands, I guess, Mm -hmm. like because they don't have a cup final. They made it to a cup semifinal, but lost in pretty pretty embarrassing embarrassing fashion. Yeah. Couldn't make it through the USL championship team despite dominating the entire way through. Uh, and they're like, I th- are they last in the Western Conference? They are, th- they are absolutely last. Yeah, me? I think they might be last in MLS after DC United won. Uh, and I'm going to just check that to make sure. But if they are that, they Very are in fact last overall. 20 points from oh 24 boy. games. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. So yeah, uh, not a great season for great SKC. Season. Not a great way to exit the cup, but yeah. fantastic for Sacramento Republic. Yes. And the only, you know how people made those maps of like Europe after the final got decided for the Euros? Like people who are supporting England and it's just England colored in on a map. And then people supporting England, Italy, everyone else. People support, you, you can do the same now for the US Open Cup. People supporting Orlando City all Orlando. Yeah. The entire rest of the country is supporting Sacramento Republic. Mm-hmm. I, I don't it maybe maybe supporting Kansas City is supporting Orlando at this point, but I, I, I'm supporting Sacramento Republic. I, I, I am too. I, I'm a uh, I'm Sacramento Republic till I die. Come on, you republics. Come on, you republics. Uh, uh, born in born and raised in Sacramento. Yeah, yeah. really, yeah. 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 So I'm looking forward to that final happening in September. Uh, Jack, September seventh. September seventh. 
Wednesday night. Wednesday? Wow, man. Yeah, I know. Okay. MLS, or the U.S. soccer really doesn't want the final to succeed, yeah. I guess. So. Do, do you know if it's going to be, uh, if it's streamed or if it's on TV? Because last time I checked, like, they stopped putting that on, like, ESPN2 and stuff. Now it's just on streamed. I think it would be a big mistake to have it be streamed, but... U.S. soccer makes mistakes. I don't see any information on the street on if it's being streamed or not. So I, I honestly don't know if that's a, a, U, a U.S. soccer decision or if that's a ESPN decision because ESPN has a lot of sway. Fun fact, by the way, these two teams have faced off before, ending in a 0-0 draw. And uh, Alvarez got a red card in that match. In the USL, uh, in the U.S., in the, what is it, USL Pro League? Uh-huh. So a while, a while ago. a while ago. Eight that, years ago. That... That means that Adrian Heath was there. Yes. That, that was an Adrian Heath uh, game. That, yep, wow. it was. Wow. Man. Adrian Heath's just been everywhere, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, two places, Orlando City and uh, Minnesota, <laughs> but yeah. All right, Jack. It's better we contain his his uh, circle of influence yeah. to two places. Jack, let's close off this episode by talking about a certain German player moving to a team that we've already talked about, RB Leipzig. Or maybe... Or maybe to Newcastle United, yep. perhaps on a loan. Uh-huh. This is Timo Werner moving from Chelsea uh, to one of those two teams on a loan deal, and it looks like that he could potentially accept a pay cut to join Leipzig, uh, with a purchase clause being discussed. I'm assuming the same thing for a Newcastle deal if it surfaces. Yeah. Look, see, I want him to succeed. I want him to succeed at Chelsea. But oh. if he really wants to go, I, 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 at the end of the day, I want what's best for the player, right? Uh-huh. I, I would love for him to find form at Chelsea, become a super important player, and you know, help us win the Champions League again. That would be awesome if that happened. But if he really wants to go, if he doesn't feel like he's getting the most out of his time at Chelsea, then he has every right to pursue that. Right. So I, if, if he really wants to go, I would prefer that he goes to Leipzig personally, just because. Right. I don't want Newcastle to do good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm on team anti Newcastle. Uh, so you even, want to go him? You want him to go to RB Red Bull Leipzig? Look, look, so, like energy drink company versus like really bad theocracy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take the Lesser energy drink. Two evils? Yeah, okay. I'll take the energy okay. drink company uh, any day of the week over that. Uh, but yeah, he he deserves to feel to go to a club where he feels like he's getting the most out of his time playing uh, playing the sport he loves. So mm-hmm. I mean, and where he can also pursue his love of playing Fortnite, you know, because yeah. it's very important to him. Apparently, very very important. Best clip of him, by the way, it's great. Him and Christopher and Cuckoo linking up. It would be scary. It would be so scary. And I, Leipzig could genuinely, if I think if that, if he goes there, they can genuinely threaten Bayern for a league title. Yeah. Genuinely to threaten them. Genuinely threaten. So Bayern will only win by like what? 20 points now. No, they only won by like nine points this past season. That is true. Uh, and that was with Erling Holland injured for half the season for Dortmund mm-hmm. too. Uh, so I think, you know, that I predicted that Dortmund would beat Bayern last season. Erling Holland got injured and ruined everything. Uh, so I, I think that I think Leipzig could make a challenge. Okay. Okay. I don't want them. I, I'm not sure if I really want them to just because Leipzig winning the Bundesliga feels somehow worse than Bayern winning the Bundesliga. Can I hear your top four for uh, top. Bundesliga? Um, 
I'm going to still say Bayern just because this deal isn't official, right? So, yes. Uh, Bayern, Leipzig, Dortmund, Leverkusen, I think. Leverkusen or maybe Freiburg. Okay. I'll say Leverkusen just because I don't think they've lost a ton of players and I feel like they've strengthened a little bit. I'll pretty much agree with you. Yeah. I'll, I'll go, I'll go Bayern Leipzig. Mm, I'll say oh, the Sebastian Allaire situation has yeah. very much uh, skewed my, my decision-making on uh, Dortmund. So that's really tough. That's really tough. So I'll, I'll agree with you there. Okay. Jack, are, are you concerned at all by the fact that Timo Werner is another, I, I, I would say pseudo failure at Chelsea. What do you mean a failure? Uh, he's, he's been great. Hey, he he joined the team, and that year we won the Champions League final. Uh, I don't know. I think there's a correlation there. Yeah, I'm de- I'm a statistics major, and you, correlation you are, does equal causation. That is absolutely you know? true. Uh, I mean, now now we're looking at Lukaku, Werner, talks of Kepa uh, going out on loan potentially. That's over 200 million pounds of you know transfer fees going in. Uh, you know, like that that worth of players going out on loan. I'm not. The more I look at it, the more I think that Chelsea, one of the only reasons why they have been so successful in recent years is because they've had either very good academy products come up. And that's not necessarily something that you could like very much predict and like make mm-hmm. that a normal thing. You know, Mason Mount, Reese James, mm-hmm. right? Connor Gallagher. Connor Gallagher. Or you have just, you have the just the raw spending power to just buy miss on some hit on others and you have you've built a good core and sometimes you don't build a a, a good core you know you 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 hit on signings like kovacic and Conte. And you have a good uh midfield duo mm-hmm. and other times you you spend so much money getting a goalkeeper and a striker and another striker and it sucks I'm going to counter that with saying that, yes, there have been some really bad pieces of business. I feel like every club has pretty bad ones. Not to the same, uh, not to the same uh, extent as like Manchester United and Chelsea. Yeah, that, that's kind of fair. I think the main thing is sporting director needed to change. Oh, absolutely. Marina Granovskaya did some good things, but also uh, I, feel, I feel like we needed to change. And right now it's kind of tough because Todd Bowley wasn't expecting Granovskaya to step down uh-huh. during the summer, so he's been filling in as then. Yeah. That's not his wheelhouse. So Yeah, and that's like none of this is necessarily his yeah, fault because he just came in. Yeah, I, I think I think it's it, it's it's all right to some extent. Like mm-hmm. I, I because I'll still remember all the really good signs, like, you know, Edward Bendy, twenty million from Ren. That's right. good. As Piliqueta, eleven million from uh from Lille, I wanna say. I think it was Lille. Yeah. Uh, Olivier Giroud for 8 million to Arsenal mm-hmm. or from Arsenal. Like that, that was a good piece of business. That's a good piece. There have been some good pieces here and there, but I think you're right that the sporting director needed to change. I'm hopeful that now that it has changed, maybe we can pursue a more sustainable direction. I think with the signings we've made this summer, they feel like more sustainable signings. Yeah. Like Kaladu Koulibaly for 40 million. That feels like a steal. Mm-hmm. Uh, given that Napoli were asking like what 80 or 90 million for him last summer uh, and then Raheem Sterling for 50 million it's a pretty good p- piece of business so uh, for like I said one of the best winners in the world so yeah I think 
yes, there was a problem at Chelsea, but I think that there's hope. There, there's a reason to be hopeful that it will be fixed in the future because, you know, we're, we're going to go in a new direction for a board, new direction for a sporting director. That can be really promising. Yeah. And, you know, I'll, I'll be looking to see who they hire for that. Could be really good. Um, I swear, if they, like, hire ed woodward after he leaves united that's not happening don't worry about that i if i if just know that if that notification pops up just call me to make sure i haven't passed out yeah uh just just to make sure you know because i i think it might legitimately cause me to lose consciousness over the stupidity of that situation uh but i don't think it will i i think that they'll move in a smarter direction and a more sustainable direction because it's cool to have the money to spend on all of that right but it also sucks when you when you're doing it like it's the equivalent of using like buckshot to hunt, right? Okay, I that, I, I don't understand. It's, that as I don't understand hunting that no, much why either. Do but you use it? <laughs> I don't know. But it's like you're you're spreading out a spray of things, or like okay. like I'm trying to think of a better. I can't think. Like, it's the it, I guess it's the equi- here uh, since I do archery. Uh, okay, it's the equivalent of archery? shooting. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay, you didn't know that. <laughs> okay. Not really. Uh, I, it's the equivalent of using like five arrows on a bow okay. to try and hit a target yeah maybe one of them will hit but it's not a sustainable strategy your yeah. bow is going to break in the okay. long term or the arrows aren't going to go on target legitimately like not shoot on target uh reference to a few signs yes. there uh and you know at, at some point you need to stop bla- like you 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 need to start blaming like the way you're operating the bow and instead of just saying like we need metaphor. more arrows yeah. right the, the problem isn't the amount of arrows uh-huh. the problem is the bow and the user of the mm-hmm. bow is not having a sustainable strategy. So mm-hmm. I, I absolutely agree because, you know, it's nice to have like that competitive advantage. And that I think that like more than anything else, more than like sport and direction, more than even like head coaches, because we've seen Chelsea succeed under a variety of different head coaches, a variety of different approaches. But the main th- thread was the spending power of Abramovich. And I do have that gone. Yes, Bully's going to spend. He's not going to spend nearly to the same amount. And we've seen that nearly to the same amount as Abramovich. Well, yeah. I mean, look at the Dodgers because he owns the Dodgers. And hey, you know, yeah. Dodgers are a good team. <laughs> they've Dodgers done good. good. And they've. Team. I don't understand baseball transfers as much, but from what I can tell, he's he's done a pretty good job at, at or assembling a team that does a good uh-huh. job at managing that club, which, yeah. you know, that's what you want, right? Mm-hmm. You want someone who's going to put a qualified team of yeah. individuals forward to do it. And so without that competitive advantage, you have to find something else or else you're not going to succeed at all. And I think at the very least, Chelsea are still failing, the feeling the pain of that amount of signings. It's going to take a while for it, it to, it's, to It's going to go take away. a while because you still have those high contract. You still might need to spend more to attract players while you're still, you know, building a, a more competitive team. And so... You know, financially, I think I think Chelsea fans are ramping up to like not ha- like be able to spend as much, which I'm sure like you are OK with that. I'm worried about the Chelsea like Twitter like the, accounts. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried for CFC mod. <laughs> oh, <God>. it's bad. <laughs> it, it, they're, they're, they're not happy. But yeah. I here's what I'll say to any fans that are like that. Uh, take a look at Manchester United and ask if you'd rather still be going in the same direction. Or Barcelona. Yeah. If you'd rather still be. Actually, that's a bad one for Chelsea fans. The, oh, I'm you sorry. Don't, I'm you sorry, don't, Chelsea fans. You don't I want to touch that. I apologize. Uh, if, you, if you look at Manchester United and say you still want to go in that direction, I don't understand you. Uh, because that, that, that's, 
they 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 still have a board that doesn't that's not they have a board that invests a ton of money but they're doing the same strategy that chelsea have been using for years even worse i'd say even worse like signing 37 year old ronaldo and making him the highest paid player in the premier league and now nobody wants him yeah exactly like you're you're going to lose him next year because he he's going to leave on a free presumably and i'm not sure if he's going to win trophies right like if you want to go in that direction I don't know why, because they like this is a chance to move forward in an interesting new direction and work in the same vein of clubs like like Manchester City or Liverpool, which I don't like when they succeed. But I can't deny that they've put together a better, better sporting operation, a better, uh, a better, a better way of signing and scouting talent, because the amount of flops that they've had is so comparatively low. Yeah. So that's what I think. All right. Well, Jack, I respect your opinion. I'm glad we at least sort of agree. My, my my mini hot take is I don't think that Chelsea are going to be nearly as good as they used to be in the next uh, near future. Maybe I st- I think they'll still be a consistent Champions League team though. I I I th- that is what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm saying like like where where you had them maybe as winners of the Premier League last year, at least contenders. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to be the case. Oh, they're going to do it. That's going to happen. I I think still Liverpool and. Uh, Manchester City, I almost said United. That was always, that was a huge mistake. <laughs> no, no, uh, are going to be the main contenders. And honestly, I I think I already told you this. I definitely can see Chelsea missing out on the Champions League. You've told me that, but I don't agree. I think they're. I think it'll be fine. They're going to get another defensive signing towards the beginning of the season Ooh. before the. Uh, Nakunde, man, <laughs> Fofana, Dumfries, Skriniar, please. Skriniar, I mean. Screeningar is great. Don't I, don't you no, dare disrespect I, I, Don't you I dare. think Screeningar is a great player. Okay. I've not heard a lot of, about the rumors of Screeningar moving to Chelsea since that's originally happened, and I don't think that Fofana. I think Fofana is good. I think Dumfries is good, but is he really going to be the defensive game changer that say a Kunde would have been? Say a Screeningar could have been, would have been, might be. I, I hope know. so. I hope so. I'm I'm optimistic, eternally yeah. optimistic until proven otherwise. Yeah, that's okay, and yeah. I appreciate that. Um, this is a lot coming from a West Ham fan who <laughs> was very excited about a Skamaka signing and is still waiting on a bunch of other signings to happen. Left Maybe, back, eventually. please. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. All right, Jack, that is it for this episode, the Chicago edition. We got to get some deep dish pizza. Yes. So where can people find us on Twitter to hear more about our Chicago trip and our fantasy league and everything else? They can find us on Twitter at Final Third Show. We post on there about, like AJ said, the Chicago trip and a bunch of other soccer hot takes. So if we if we didn't talk about something that you were interested about here, check the Twitter. Maybe it's there. And while you're there, why not follow at Final Third Show? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Final Third Final thirdshow.com. I almost couldn't say that for one stop shop about all things Final Third. Go ahead and check that out. Go ahead and check out our Fantasy League uh, description down below. Uh, and yeah, tell your friend about the show. Tell your dad about the show. I'm sure they'd love to hear about the Women's Euros as well as a bunch of other uh, club games that are happening. Uh, in addition, you know, we'll see you guys this Thursday for a deep dive episode. Maybe Premier League preview, maybe something else, maybe nothing at all. I don't know. We'll definitely see you guys same time, same place for next week's news and predictions episode. See ya. Bye for now.